and our faith. Let me uh, hit the recorder. I forgot to do that. Sorry about that. Our culture and our faith have walked together in general for much of our nation's history. But in the last several decades, maybe even longer than that, the culture has moved in a different direction. That direction is more and more incompatible with our faith. And we're coming now to a fork in the road. And two paths are ahead. One is a broad road of lies. And the other one is the narrow path of truth. Last week, I talked about the book, Live Not By Lies, and introduced that. And I told you that while it is possible for governmental threats to come from the left or the right, that I believe that the most present serious threat is coming from the left. I didn't say it was the government threat alone. It's a threat of cultural elites who are in government, they're in education, they're in medicine, including mental health agencies, they're in science, they're in big tech, and they're in the media. The book makes clear the distinction between a dictatorship based on authoritarianism, which is really bad because it creates an oppressive and brutal government. The book is really talking about totalitarianism, which is where an ideology really takes control of a whole culture and envelops all aspects of life, including what can be thought, what can be said or expressed, and what can be done. Now, it's referred to in the book as soft totalitarianism because it's not forced upon the population by guns and armies, though that may also be involved. But it's enforced and brought into play through coercion and peer pressure and the indoctrination of the young. We're living in a time when several ideologies are competing for dominance over the worldviews and the mindsets of the people of the world, and particularly those of us in Western culture. These include some major pairings that are presently in competition on several fronts. I want to talk about those fronts today and tell you what those are. I don't want you to see these as isolated individual battles. They all overlap, and when there's a change in one, it causes a domino effect in several of the others. On the economic front, there's a real struggle between capitalism and socialism. Now, that battle is really on the relationship between a relatively free market and a centrally controlled market. Now, we should never be naive enough to think that all we need is a totally free market and all our problems will be solved or that a regulated and controlled market, along with economic redistribution, will provide equity and security for everybody. Because in each case, whether capitalism or socialism, elites control the production and the distribution, whether private or governmental. And people suffer, and history has borne that out over and over. On the political front, The battle is between nationalism and globalism. Nationalism is the focus on the individual sovereignty of a nation. Uh, A little bit of what we were getting with the uh, America First mindset of the last administration. Uh, 
And that uh, individual nations then cooperate with each other in business and by treaties. But this often leads to wars and rumors of wars. On the other hand is globalism, which subjects all the nations to an international set of laws and courts that lessen the ability of individual democracies to manage their own economies and security issues. And we've seen that kind of struggle in the Brexit issue and the the European nations and the UN and all of this. And the present administration is moving more in that direction. But remember that elites are the heads of government and the primary shapers of the international laws and policies. On the informational front is big tech, media, advertising, and entertainment, including sports. Now, this battle is less of a competition between two things because these elites are interrelated, the elites of big tech, big media, advertising, entertainment, and the sports things. And so what we're beginning to see is that they're working together to get as much information about us for the purposes of manipulating our buying habits and giving us values and priorities which align with the elite's benefits. And we're volunteering to have them monitor every move, every conversation, every web search, every program or sport that we watch or even inquire about. Now, this is not big brother government. It's big tech that gives us convenience at the cost of the price of our privacy. And because they're private, non-governmental, they are largely unregulated And they can pick and choose who will be allowed to speak and use their platforms. On the educational front, which was once relatively local, where parents and teachers work together to raise the next generation. Today, education is controlled by uh, um, increasing centralization of government and teachers' unions, which allow the elites in the schools of education and special interest groups to create and dictate the curriculum. In addition to that, governmental accrediting agencies and professional organizations that are also accrediting uh, degrees and licenses are now the main players in control of education. Parents have very little voice or influence. The big tech companies do because they provide the educational hardware and the content so that education is quickly becoming indoctrination and critical thinking is disallowed unless it's politically correct. Now on the medical front, this almost godlike place of physicians and mental health workers in this culture has created a religious cult of health. The successes of modern medicine cannot be overstated, but as a result of psychology being given a place at the health table through psychiatry, the behavioral sciences and particularly their applied practitioners, such as licensed therapists, social workers, they have become the new priests, ministers, and rabbis of this religion of health. 
And they're educated and certified experts. And because of that, they direct relationships, control foster care, parenting issues, and an ever-increasing number of physical syndromes and medical illnesses. Behind these practitioners, medical and mental health is science, another new religion. With the confession, believe the science, scientism is beginning to rival the voice of God from Sinai. Health research is not natural science. It started out that way with strict scientific methodology, peer argument, and criticism. But in recent times, it's shifted to a more social science uh, model with correlational studies and predictive models, and those are not very accurate. Dissenting voices, even within the research communities, are being canceled or they're being publicly disgraced. So the biggest threat in the medical and mental health area right now is Big Pharma. There, Big Pharma is got elites who control the research and they control the practitioners. And the lie that they're spreading is that there may be a few side effects to your medicines that you may want to discuss with your physician. These are not side effects. They are effects. Drugs have effects. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. And you're being told that the function of this med is the good one. And the other ones are simply side effects. But nobody's really looking at the science. They simply poll the scientists, they poll the doctors, and they poll people, many who have not looked at the actual science. And then we're given that majority opinion as an advertisement. Now, there's another battle, and that's the worldview front. And that battle is between secularism and religion. Secularism is a no-God zone, which sees the present temporal world as primary. Religion, then, has been divided by secularism into liberal theology and conservative theology. As a general rule, liberal theology follows the secular worldview while keeping a few ethical guidelines from religion and some hope of eternity and personal salvation. Conservative theology, on the other hand, has traditionally held to the Bible as truth over human philosophy and science. But it's starting to change under pressure from the culture. Part of this is because evangelicals have dropped discipleship. It's minimal at best. And their focus is just on evangelism and individual personal salvation, asking the question, is you is or is you ain't God's baby? The concept of truth is really going away in our society, and we're starting to talk of my truth and your truth, and everybody's got to speak their truth. That is simply individualism and relativism. My passage this week is 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 17. I want to read that to you and then make some comments related to what we've been talking about. The Apostle Paul tells Timothy this. Realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parent, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, 
malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, and haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They will hold a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. You are to avoid such people. Because among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins led by various impulses. Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. As Janus and Jambres oppose Moses, so these oppose the truth. Men of depraved minds rejected in regard to the faith. Now, ultimately, they will make no further progress. Their folly will become obvious to all, as Janus and Jambres' folly also did, particularly when God then brought about the exodus in that framework. Now, you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my perseverance. You've seen my persecutions and my sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But evil men and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived, because lies, lies, and lies. You, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, that from a child you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness, so that the person of God may be adequate, adequately equipped for every good work. Now, the apostle tells us that the last days will be characterized by a form of godliness without power. We are really seeing this. Not only is the world going in a secular direction, but a lot of the church is just a facade of religiosity and their substance. You scratch them and they bleed secular, as several people have have noticed. Um, What is happening is a rejection of the truth and a learning of what is called knowledge, but it is not a knowledge of the truth. We are actually there. This scripture is fulfilled before our eyes. Now, the direction of the culture is against truth, and the soft totalitarianism is now beginning to permeate the populace. It's already, for the most part, enveloped the elites, and they're controlling almost everything except your own mind, your own household, and your faith. But they want to control that too. Now, if we fight this as a political battle, we're going to lose. It's a spiritual battle for the mind and for the home. It's not really about capitalism and socialism. It's not about nationalism and globalism. It's not about big tech and media. It's not even about education, medicine, and mental health. 
It's about those who fear God and serve him because he has revealed the truth, and those who believe themselves to be elites, who know better than everyone else because they know the truth. But that is not the truth. The truth is in the scripture. And that truth makes us wise unto salvation through faith in Messiah Jesus. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness so that the God-fearer can be adequately equipped for every good work. Now, our culture is going to proceed from bad to worse, and there's going to be imposters all through the church. We're going to have to internalize and practice the truth so that we will not live by lies. We cannot live by half-truths. We have to live by the truth. Now, what we're going to see in the explanation of this book is related to that. However, for the next three weeks, I'm not going to speak about these things because I want to bring a message about our celebration of the confirmation of uh, Anna, Anna and Soren and Liam next week. And then we have Palm Sunday and we have Resurrection Sunday uh, and as, as we engage in Passover and the Holy Week. So after the Holy Days, we will look at the arguments from the book Live Not By Lies as to why this is coming and whether or not we can prevent it or if we can't prevent it, how do we prepare to be a resistance? And in the context of that, we're going to have to look at some major issues that I have been a little bit uh, not wanting to address in this Zoom form because they are primary in the engagement of the culture war. Those are issues of race, gender, and sexuality that we need to talk about, but I want to do that face-to-face because they are specifically in a opposition to our religious understanding of marriage and family. So I'm going to be back in the sanctuary, and that will allow us to discuss these things more openly and with feedback, uh, and not in the way that we have to do it with the Zoom thing. Uh, There are certain subjects that I think when you talk about them uh, through this medium, I'm noticing that with the classroom, it, it is harder to get the questions asked correctly and worked out because the back and forth is hard to do through the electronic media. So we're going to do it uh, face-to-face and we'll allow those who can't be with us to at least do it with the Zoom. But I think it'll be better discussions at that time. So let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll do a Q&A. Father, we